What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It's the Sideline Story by your host, Justin Benson. <clears throat> How's everyone doing today? I'm coming back at you with my NBA preview on, on the teams up until the season starts. I had another topic in here for today, uh, something that I thought was uh, something weird to me, but we'll get into that shortly. Right now, I'm going to start off with my NBA previews for the season. We're going to start off today with the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, of course, Dynasty has taken a turn for the best after this past offseason. As we all know, last season the Nets made the playoffs with all-star guard point uh all-star guard D'Angelo Russell leading the team. The Nets went away from Russell though after, you know, this playoff run that he had and got three new big faces in exchange. The Nets signed superstars Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and also former all-star big DeAndre Jordan. Jordan and Durant, of course, have been good friends throughout their career, and this was the perfect setup for the two to uh team up together in different circumstances. Jordan was a key person who persuaded Kevin Durant away from the Knicks. Jordan, who will be a rim protector for this team, is going to be able to help this team grow defensively and is also amongst the best rebounders in the league. He averaged 11 points and 12 rebounds last season with the Knicks and 11 points and 13 rebounds a game with Dallas Maverick before he was traded to the Knicks. Another defensive identity player uh, will be young power forward Jared Allen. Allen, who was a big part in their run last season as a rim protector and athletic big, who could score around the rim. Allen averaged 11 points per game and 8.5 rebounds this past season. The superstars have emerged in Brooklyn. I must say that again. The superstars have emerged in Brooklyn. With that being of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Irving, who is an all-star and one of the best guards in the NBA, is coming off a season where many people, including himself, feel like he let the Celtics down. Irving will have a lot to prove as he has gone back home to play for his team he cheered for growing up. Kyrie will be the leading horse for this team, especially until the return of Kevin Durant. Irvin comes into the season after averaging 24 points per game and 7 assists per game last season with the Celtics. He shot 47% from the field and 40% from the three-point line. Irvin will keep the Nets competitive until his running mate and crime partner Kevin Durant returns from injury. Durant, who was first injured in May, tried to return in the finals against the Raptors in June and towards Achilles. Durant is an all-star and a champion who will also try and be a leader for his new team on and off the court. Durant last season averaged 26 points per game, 6 rebounds, 6 assists with the Warriors. He shot 52% from the field and 36% from the three-point range. If Durant does return at some point this season and is somewhat the same player he was last year, the Nets will be a uh, competitive team for the Eastern Conference crown. With the superstar power of Durant and Irvin, they have two of the best players in basketball. To fill out the team, the Nets have some good young players in Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Joe Harris. Lurk is a player who is a young athletic player who can score for his team. He averaged 13.7 points per game last season alongside Danza Russell. Dinwiddie is also a player who will help with the scoring, whether it be off the bench or starting. He averaged 17 points per game last season. Him and LeVert have signed extensions at least through the year of 2021. Lastly, Joe Harris is a shooter who is coming off FIBA World Cup team. He averaged 13.7 per, per game last season and shot 47% from three-point line and also won the All-Star three-point shootout this past season. This will be a team when healthy with a competitive team on any given night against any given team. Uh, the projected start lineups for this team will be some around the lines of Kyrie at the one, Karis LeVert at the two, Joe Harris at the three, Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan at the four and the five. Um, I don't know how that power forward and center combo is going to work because they are the same position. So we'll see if, if they'll make a different lineup. But at some point, you'll get Kevin Durant off injury, and you'll have Spencer Dinwiddie coming off your bench as a scorer. 
Uh, the Nets will compete for a top five seed in the Eastern Conference while not having Durant. Kyrie should keep them in that top five in the in the East, knowing that it's weak. If KD comes back, depending on when he comes back, they'll move up. If he comes back later on in the season, they'll be one of the best teams in the playoffs to compete to come out of the Eastern Conference alongside the Bucks, the Seventy um, Sixers, and the Celtics. Next, we're going to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets are trying to move forward. Uh, that's the only way I can put it. They lost out this summer by losing Kimball Walker. Walker, of course, was with the Hornets for the past couple of years, and he is now in Boston. He was the face of the Hornets. It was no other questions asked. They tried to replace Kimball by signing former Celtics guard Terry Rozier to a long-term contract. Rozier, who was a spark plug off the bench for the Celtics these past couple of years, was ready to move on and become a starting point guard in this league. Last season, he only averaged eight points a game, but he will be the man in Charlotte leading some of these young guys that the Hornets have for the future. He'll be the man who has the ball in his hands at all times. He will be that scoring guard that Kimball was if he can be that. Um, we saw sparks and pieces of Rozier being a scorer in the last uh, season's playoff run when Kyrie Irving was hurt. So we'll see how that transforms into him right now. The future of this team can be pretty good behind players like Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, and P.J. Washington, who are the young boys in this group. Malik Monk, who is a scorer from anywhere, will help Rozier out in the backcourt with ball handling and scoring in the guard position. He will have a bigger role this season to help out with scoring. Of course, we remember Malik Monk was a uh, superstar sensation at Kentucky. Um, he's developing, and I feel like he might come to form this year, seeing as though it's not a legitimate superstar player on that team. They can all just gel together. Miles Bridges, who is a top pick in the 2018 draft, is an athletic wing who is a human highlight reel. He can get to the basket at will whenever he wants to. He'll be a high flyer in this league for at least for years to come. One thing about Bridges is he needs to work on that outside perimeter game, but he, I mean, he still has time. He's just a second year player in this league, so he can get better as it is. But he's a highlight reel who can get to the goal and, of course, dunk on anybody. Lastly, we'll have P.J. Washington who was a rookie big man the Hornets drafted in the first round this year. Washington is a player who averaged 15 points and 8 rebounds per game for the Wildcats and was a leader for that team Coach Kyle had last year. The Hornets put themselves in a hole by signing some players to bad contracts, for example, Nick Batum, Mikey Gilchrist, and Marvin Williams. Batum, he's being paid $25 million a year and is not producing the way they need him to. He only averages 9 points per game this past season. Kid Gilchrist is getting paid $13 million. He's only averaged 6.7 per game last season. Um, that's disappointing to hear from both of those guys. And lastly, Marvin Williams is getting paid $15 million and only averaged 10 points per game last season. These three guys got signed to the, you know, the big contract but have not produced the numbers that the big contracts deserve. And the Hornets front office predicted them to be better. These guys can't get traded because the contracts that they have, they have no player value built around those contracts that they have. So they're stuck with them. Uh, I feel like it's time for the Hornets to clean house and just start over with something different with these young guys in Monk, Miles Bridges, and uh, P.J. Washington as the center for their new upper movement, keep Rozier's, and those four guys can just lead each other in the future. A projected lineup for the Hornets would be Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, Malik Monks, Marvin Williams, and Bismack Biombo with Nick Batum and Michael Gilchrist off the bench. Um, the Hornets will not be competitive this season, in my opinion. They'll probably fight for uh, a, a seed in the playoffs, but I don't see them getting there. 
They'll be around a 10 or 11 seed in the Eastern Conference. Lastly, what I want to talk about today is the ESPN NBA rankings. So as most of y'all know, last week, ESPN released their 100 players, and it definitely was a lot of controversy surrounding this top 10 list. It goes as follows. Number 10, Paul George. 9, Damian Lillard, 8, Joel Embiid. 7, Nikola Jokic. 6, Steph Curry. 5, Anthony Davis. 4, James Harden. 3, LeBron James. 2, Kawhi Leonard. And 1, Giannis Antetokounmpo. With this list, I see some good, but I also see some bad. My first issue with the list is, how is Giannis number one? I mean, yes, he is the MVP of this past season, and I understand that. But don't get me wrong, Giannis' resume is not compared to being number one player in the NBA. Um, as we as we saw in the playoffs last year, Giannis was locked down, and it showed that his offensive skills wasn't as good as they should be. I mean, of course, he was guarded by Kawhi Leonard, but he had no answer for Kawhi Leonard. Um, my opinion in this would be still keep LeBron James at the number one spot in this. I mean, how can you put Giannis and Kawhi in front of LeBron? What have they really proved? Don't get me wrong, Kawhi has um, NBA Finals MVPs, two of them, and two rings, but Kawhi has to do that consistently. I mean, he just has to keep it up. He has to show me more before I can say he's better than LeBron at this point. LeBron did it nine years in a row, even on a down season last year. He averaged 27, 8, and 8, which is still good. I mean, his team just wasn't in the playoffs. But when he had the team in uh, before Christmas break, they were fourth round. I mean, they were fourth pick, uh, pick in the in the Western Conference. So, I mean, when he had the team, he did what he did. He got hurt, and everything went down. It was too late for him to come back. For me, this conversation, this argument, should only be between two people at this point. LeBron James, number one. Kevin Durant, number two. Those two guys are the, are the two faces of the NBA at this point. If you can get a, a finals matchup with LeBron versus KD, you will, they, it will definitely sell out. Kevin Durant, of course, we all know who he is. Seven-foot scorer, shoot the ball from anywhere, put the ball on the floor, score on any, anybody, ISO player, great ISO player at that. I mean, yes, he's hurt, but, I mean, if he comes back any way, shape, form, or fashion to what he was, he'll have the next in them top two seeds in the Eastern Conference. And that's who the two should be between. They, them two should fight for that throne. I mean, Kawhi Leonard still has to keep going. Giannis has to develop an outside perimeter game. Of course, on the wrong, he's unstoppable in the paint. But as we saw, I mean, if you see somebody who's smart and plays defense like Kawhi Leonard does, if he can't shoot outside jumper, he's not going to get to where he needs to. So Giannis can be in the top five, but I just don't see him at number one. My top 10 list would be something like LeBron, KD, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, James Harden, number five, number six, Giannis, number seven, Steph Curry, eight, MB, nine, Dame Lillard, and 10, Paul George. That's my top 10 based off this list right here. I just didn't see how you can put Giannis in front of people who can play both sides of the basketball. I mean, Anthony Davis, score from outside, score from anywhere, play defense on anybody. Kawhi score from outside, play defense on anybody. KD score from outside, play defense. LeBron score outside, play defense. Only person questionable would be James Harden, but he's probably the most unguardable basketball player in the NBA right now. I mean, he doesn't play defense, I understand that, but he's unguardable. So that's my top ten list for that. I appreciate everybody for listening, showing love. Let me know how y'all feel about the new logo. Give me some more uh, ideas to talk about. Thank you, and everybody be blessed.